Welcome to Take Up and Read, a bite-sized Bible study podcast on the Sunday Catholic Mass readings. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. This Sunday is the 29th Sunday in ordinary time of year B. Our first reading is Isaiah chapter 53, verses 10 through 11, an excerpt from one of Isaiah's so-called servant songs, which we have introduced and discussed in prior podcasts. See the podcast for the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time of Year B on studycatholic.com for a refresher. In this passage, the suffering servant suffers for sin and is promised life in return. It is no wonder these servant songs have been read in reference to Christ since the earliest days of the church. These prophecies also seem to be in the foreground of Jesus' warnings to his disciples that he would suffer and die, only to be raised thereafter. The text of this reading could have come right out of one of St. Paul's letters, and it is no wonder Isaiah is the second most quoted book in the New Testament after the Psalms. Our psalm this Sunday is Psalm 33. The excerpts we read extolling the Lord's covenant faithfulness has said in Hebrew, to the just and firm in hope that he will deliver in times of distress. In this we see the resonance with this Sunday's gospel, where Jesus foretells of coming persecution for the apostles. Our psalm continues, however, with the promise of deliverance, even deliverance from death. This Sunday's second reading is Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, which exhibits the theological depth of the letter as a whole. Jesus is the great high priest who has passed through the heavens in his ascension, and the passage calls to mind the act of the Jewish high priest entering the Holy of Holies in the Jerusalem temple. The high priest passed through a veil to the Holy of Holies, carrying the blood of sacrifices. Only once a year on the Day of Atonement, the holiest day of the Jewish calendar, and known in Hebrew as Yom Kippur. It is in this sense that Jesus' passion is only completed after his ascension, when he enters the heavenly sanctuary and completes his sacrifice for the redemption of our sins. Moreover, since Jesus is like us in all things but sin, He can sympathize with our weaknesses. We can approach him at the throne of God the Father. We are told in Hebrews 7, verse 25, that Jesus constantly pleads on our behalf. Jesus is the true eternal high priest, perfectly fulfilling the two chief priestly functions of sacrifice and intercession. Now we have the background for making sense of the tearing of the temple veil after the death of Christ on the cross. See Matthew chapter 27, verse 51. The old system of temple sacrifice has passed away, and all have access to God the Father through His Son. Our Gospel this Sunday is Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45, where Jesus is approached by the brothers James and John with a request that they sit at His right and left when He is in His glory. In Matthew's Gospel, we are told that this request is delivered by the mother of the two apostles. Jesus replies that places at his right and left are for those for whom they have been prepared, but they can enter his glory by being baptized with his baptism of suffering. The cup that Jesus mentions recalls the cup of wrath metaphor often used in the Old Testament, denoting the purgative punishment for sin, and similarly the cup that Jesus asked to be delivered from during his agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. See Matthew chapter 26 verse 39. Jesus' suffering is therefore a sort of preparation for sacrifice, when his life will be offered for sin and he will justify many, 
and see the light and fullness of days, to use Isaiah's words from the first reading. In our baptism, we also share in Christ's suffering, death, and resurrection. This is what the sacrament is meant to both signal and effect. In receiving the Eucharist, we also drink that cup which Jesus accepted in his passion. As to the places at Jesus' right and left in his kingdom, we cannot say who exactly he has in mind. But this passage is the basis for Catholic churches being traditionally designed, facing the nave from the sanctuary, with a shrine of the Virgin Mary and a shrine of St. Joseph to the right and left, respectively, of the main altar. The Gospel concludes with a message about power in Jesus' church, prompted by the brother's imprudent request. In our Lord's words, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many, suggesting the suffering servant foretold in Isaiah. For this reason, as we have discussed previously on the podcast, the greatest and most powerful in the church are the saints, not the ministers, important as those offices may be. This point was made by St. John Paul II in his 1994 apostolic letter, Ordinatio Sacerdotalis, reiterating Catholic teaching on the all-male priesthood. It is fitting to end by remembering that James and John did indeed drink the chalice of persecution that Jesus warns them of in the Sunday's Gospel reading. In Acts chapter 12, verse 2, we learn that James was beheaded by King Herod Agrippa in A.D. 44. And in Revelation chapter 1, verse 9, John told of his exile to the island of Patmos in the Aegean Sea due to his preaching the gospel. That's all we have time for today. Let's conclude with a collect from this Sunday's Mass. Almighty, ever-living God, grant that we may always conform our will to yours and serve your majesty and sincerity of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn more and find resources, visit studycatholic.com. And please tell your friends about the show and leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast. Thanks again, and God bless.